Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. It's game week in Ann Arbor as the Michigan football team welcomes Western Michigan for the season opener. We break down the matchup with a Western expert coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, we'll get to our, our special guest in a minute, but Aaron and Ryan, hello. Game week is here. We'll all be in the press box at Michigan Stadium on Saturday. Can talk to players and coaches in person afterwards. What's your excitement level for for Saturday in this season? I'm excited. I'm excited to see fans again. Like I was at every game last year, home and away, and it was the stadiums were practically empty. So it's going to be nice to actually see see pack stadiums and you know just hear the the roar of the crowd. I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, there was absolutely no buzz in any stadium last year, and it was, it was tough to cover too. So you're kind of getting lulled to sleep and at halftime and and whatnot, but. Yeah, really excited to, just to see this this new team, too. I mean, they've talked all spring ball, all fall camp about all these changes, and it's good to actually see them on the field here. And, and Western Michigan should be a, an interesting matchup for week one. Players always talk about the feeding off the energy of the fans. Apparently, it works for members of the media, at least one. Ryan Zook, he, <laughs> he, he, need, he needs you out there in full force on, on Saturday. Okay, one, one other thing. We've got a hotline now. There's a phone number you can call. Uh, it will tell you you've reached the M Live podcast line. I called just to see what it sounded like. You can just tell them, tell them the boys at Wolverine Confidential sent you, and then share your comment or question. We may incorporate that audio as part of our next episode. But even if we don't do that, we will almost certainly respond to the question or comment. And that phone number is 616-222-1022. We will put this in the in the post. On the website, when we share this episode, we'll, we'll share it on social media, on our Twitter pages, but 616-222-1022 is the number if you want to share a comment or ask a question uh, that we can answer on air. Okay, now it would, would be a nice transition if I could say that 616 is, is the Kalamazoo area code, but Wikipedia tells me it's no longer the case. It was at one point, but but it's not anymore, although I suppose our guests can confirm that. Patrick Nothaft, he knows the Western Michigan football team certainly better than, than three of us. So Patrick, welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on, Andrew. Appreciate it. Uh, what's up, Aaron and Ryan? Good to see you, Patrick. We we go we go back a little bit, so it's good, uh, good to have you on the podcast. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks. Let's talk about this. Let's take like a bigger picture view of the Western Michigan football program before we kind of dive into this specific team. Tim Lester is the coach. He took over for for a guy that, you know, many, you know, Michigan football fans now know. He took over for the 2017 season from PJ Fleck, who's now at at Minnesota. 
you know, Minnesota had an unbelievable season in, in Flex final year, went to the Cotton Bowl. That was their only loss. So it's hard to say that like that that couldn't have been the expectation for like every year going forward. But in general, has Lester kind of maintained some of that momentum or how would you kind of judge the the program under him so far? Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like that was uh, obviously unprecedented season, that 2016 Cotton Bowl season. You know, the the year right after they played USC pretty close, opened the season, uh, I think we're tied like early in the fourth quarter, maybe late in the third quarter there, and then kind of fell off due to injuries. But, you know, the next three seasons, um, they've been knocking on the door for a MAC champion or for a MAC West division title, I should say, but just haven't been able to get the job done in the final couple of weeks. Uh, last two years, uh, there have been some late season collapses that are kind of frustrating to uh, the fan base, but also I'm sure the players and coaches, you know, and I think this year they have a chance to to really contend and kind of put some of those uh, late season demons behind them. But, um, you know, I guess the fact of the matter is that Lester hasn't gotten the job done like Flected in 2016, but the talent uh, is certainly there to win a MAC championship. And that kind of speaks to his ability to recruit and, you know, kind of maintain that uh, talent level on the team. Patrick, while we're on the topic of Tim Luster, PJ was obviously this charismatic, enigmatic, you know, interesting character. You know, he was very, he was always in the spotlight. It seemed like how, from a personality standpoint, how how different is Tim Luster as a coach? So I didn't cover the team too much during that 2016 Cotton Bowl run, interacted with PJ a little bit. He was just uh, so full of energy and, um, you know, just sitting through uh, one of his press conferences, like, you could tell that he was a great public speaker, you know, connected with the team really well. Uh, I think Lester has a different style. He's a little bit more laid back. I think he still connects with the players pretty well, but it's not so much rah-rah. I feel like Lester is more of like um, an X's and O's type of guy. Like he knows offense. I mean, I think he's a pretty good play caller, pretty good offensive mind. Whereas PJ maybe was more of like a motivator and kind of let his assistants handle some of that other stuff. But yeah, I, I feel like there's definitely a difference in personality there. I guess uh, it's it worked out really well for PJ's last year. We'll see what Lester can do um, after stringing a couple uh, pretty good seasons together. Okay, so let's let's get into this matchup a little bit on Saturday at noon. It'll it'll broadcast on ESPN Michigan, Western Michigan at, at the Big House in Ann Arbor. Okay, looking at looking at just some stats. I mean, Caleb Ellaby, the quarterback for Western Michigan, can really sling it. Uh, he's you know he's put up a lot of good numbers, but as someone who's you know seen him more than the three of us have, yeah. What is your what is your take on him and this and this Bronco offense? And then you know Aaron and Ryan can weigh in about how it kind of relates to Michigan's rebuilt defense. So yeah, Ellaby's kind of an interesting guy. I mean, you can tell that he has just the pure like arm strength, and he puts great touch on his passes, especially a deep ball. You know, he can also fit it fit it into tight windows when he needs to, but he's only really played against Matt competition when he filled in for an injured starter back in his true freshman season in 2018. Um, you know, that was in the last five games of the year. Did pretty well. I think he threw for almost 300 yards in his first outing against uh, Toledo, which is a pretty solid team. And then last year, obviously, you know, the great season ranked third nationally in passer rating behind Mac Jones and Zach Wilson. But I mean, also it was just against a max schedule. Uh, you got to figure that might have those numbers might have dropped a touch. You know, if they played teams like uh, Michigan or some of the other Power Five schools that they usually meet up with in the non-conference. But I mean, yeah, he he's a good decision maker. Uh, he knows where he wants to put the ball in the RPO offense, and yeah, he just seems to kind of have a good command of the team. But yeah, I would still say he's you know maybe a little bit 
a little bit unproven um, as far as when you're talking about playing elite defenses. Patrick, I want to ask you, how, how much of an impact do you think the loss of Eskridge will have on this offense? I mean, obviously he was, he was LLB's top target last season and they seem to really have a lot of chemistry together. Yeah, I think that's huge. Um, I mean, he was a guy where he could take, you know, a five-yard curl, uh, 85 yards to the house. Pretty much any time he touched the ball, he could score. He was, uh, you know, incredibly fast. Uh, could get behind cornerbacks uh, with no trouble. And uh, LLB knew how to deliver those throws on the money. So I think that'll be big. That being said, he does have a couple other weapons coming back. Uh, Jalen Hall is a 6'3", about 185 uh, receiver who runs, um, you know, they say somewhere around a, like a 4'3'2". Huh. I wouldn't be surprised, uh, you know, if that number is sub-4, but, you know, sub four four. but you know how some of those uh, friendly timings are when you uh, get them on campus. But, uh, yeah, he, he's a good deep threat for sure. Uh, Sky Moore is a really good slot receiver, sure-handed, pretty compact, and, um, I guess, like uh, sturdily built, kind of like some of those NFL slots that you see out there. So, yeah, I think uh, I think there are some weapons, but, you know, I'm not sure if he has that game breaker, that player who can, you know, turn a, a five-yard slant or a five-yard curl into a touchdown anytime. So, yeah, I think, you know, that'll make things a little bit tougher for the offense. They're not going to have maybe that quick strike ability that they did last year, but definitely still have the guys to, you know, put some drives together and score some points for sure. We spoke to Jim Harbaugh on Monday, and he raved about LB and his efficiency and general Western Michigan's efficiency on offense. I'm wondering where Ladarius Jefferson comes in, the running back, the transfer from Michigan State. Harbaugh raved about him as well. It looked like I think Jefferson racked up six or 624 rushing yards last year. It sounds like he was real efficient. Uh, where does he fit in with their offensive scheme and kind of what they're trying to do? Yeah, so they have three running backs that uh, they lean on. Uh, Jefferson would definitely be uh, the Thunder, if you're going to call him uh, maybe a Thunder and Lightning combo. And uh, Sean Tyler, who's a lot speedier, he would probably be the Lightning. And same with Jackson Kincaid, a transfer from Nevada. I, he'd probably fill that Lightning role too. Uh, those guys are just a little bit quicker, can kind of you know get the edge maybe a little bit more easily, whereas Jefferson uh, will probably just try to run the edge defender over and just run through you a little bit more. And I mean, he was pretty good at that during the max schedule last year. You never saw uh, one defender take him down. You know, you always had to rally to the ball and seem like there were about two or three guys that uh, would end the play on the ground with him. So yeah, he, he's definitely a powerful ball carrier and, you know, an offense needs that kind of when they get in the red zone and uh, you don't have the space to spread the field as much uh, to be able to get that push inside. He was great at providing that last year. Aaron or Ryan, I mean, where where do you see this matchup going? When when just the matchup being when Western Michigan has the ball, I mean, again, they have they have some some threats in the passing game. Patrick just you know laid out their their rushing attack, but Michigan's got a lot of a lot of moving pieces on defense. I mean, they've got a new coordinator, a lot of new coaches on that side of the ball, some new personnel as well. Like, do you see this matchup going in Michigan's favor? Is it is it obvious that it will, or, or there can be might there be some problems there? It's tough to say just because we don't know what this defense on Michigan side is going to look like. But I have to think that Western's going to try and, you know, throw the ball deep. They're going to try and challenge some of these quarterbacks and these defensive backs who, as we saw last year against Michigan State and Indiana, you know, they struggled. So I think Western's going to probably try and take some shots. They'll probably be doing some different things and, and spread the ball out and just test this Michigan defense because we, we don't really know what we what they have. You know, we we like to think they've got some playmakers coming back. We obviously got the Aiden Hutchinson and Daxon Hills, but you know, how they all play together and communicate in, in the first week of, a, of a, just a brand new scheme with a brand new coordinator. 
you know, you never know. And I don't think Western Michigan's offense, the type of offense you want to be playing week one. I mean, they could certainly, as, as we've seen statistically and on the field last year, I mean, they, they can do some good things. They can, they can, you know, wreck up some yards. So I'm, I'm really curious. And I don't think, and I think this is going to be a really good test for this Michigan defense week one. Yeah, it was interesting last year, depending on Michigan's opponent, they kind of stuck to their strengths on offense against Michigan's defense and whatever they did seemed to work. And whether it was Wisconsin running the ball or Indiana or Michigan State throwing the ball, they, they were able to exploit Michigan's weaknesses. Uh, I'm really interested to see how how Michigan mixing in more zone, like we expect, could affect the, the deep ball. I mean, Jamon Green was asked about this earlier in camp. Vincent Gray uh, last night about they're welcoming teams trying to go deep on them this year because they think they feel like they're more equipped. They understand more about what opposing offenses will be doing to them, um, whether that translates to on-field performance has yet to be seen, but. This new scheme is going to be fascinating and how it kind of creates mismatches for the off or the opposing offenses and, and what it can do. So I'm excited to see it. And, and, you know, that's fine for defensive back to say, but so much of that is based on the ability to get to the quarterback. It's hard to cover anyone for a long period of time. And that's something Michigan really struggled with last year. I mean, they played six games. They had nine sacks that puts them in the bottom 20 in the country, you know, on a per game basis. So I think that will be important to watch on Saturday. Correct me if I'm wrong, Patrick, but it looks like Western's bringing back three super seniors along the offensive line, including a first-team All-Mac center. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, so Mike Caliendo is uh, that center. He actually played left guard last year, moved to center uh, because they had some some troubles uh, with their uh, shotgun snaps from Wesley French. Uh, French is back, too. He's going to slide out to left tackle. He just kind of delivered bullets to Caleb Ellaby, and um, you know sometimes uh, they were tough to handle. Sometimes they sailed over his head. Uh, so they're thinking that uh, they can slide him out and uh, put Caliendo under center. I think that's the biggest question for the offense is how Wesley French uh, is able to make that move from center to left tackle. You know that's a tough spot. That's a tough matchup. Uh, week one, you know Michigan's got some really good pass rushers, but um, yeah, they they do have a veteran line. Um, a lot of experience really just need to replace uh, one starter in Jalen Moore, who was a fifth round draft pick to the 49ers. But there was some kind of shuffling. And I think it'll be interesting to see how those moves uh, pay off against Michigan. Uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, you know, Michigan, they know their quarterback. It's Cade McNamara. They've got a lot of options at all the other position groups, exactly, you know, who rises to the top and, and how well they perform remains to be seen. But as far as Western's defense, uh, I mean, I remember you, you telling me recently, you know, one, one key player transferred, but one key player uh, returns after missing last season with an injury. So like what's kind of the net result from last year uh, to this year, do you think? Because the numbers weren't particularly pretty, as, at least as far as like points allowed. Yeah, injuries were, were a big factor in the defense last year. You know, on that defensive line, all three of their top defensive ends missed uh, multiple weeks. Uh, they were kind of like a patchwork group. By the end of the season, they moved their middle linebacker down to the end uh, for that season finale. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, they do they did have a key player transfer out of the program, uh, linebacker Treshawn Hayward from, I believe it was Ann Arbor Skyline, so kind of a local kid uh, for the, uh, the I remember guys. covering him when I was covering preps in Ann Arbor. Yeah, he was the MAC Defensive Player of the Year in 2019. Just a really aggressive downhill linebacker who can get to the quarterback and cover space in a hurry. He ended up transferring to Arizona. So, um, yeah, they're going to have to replace him. They have, uh, as you mentioned, they have another guy coming off injury, uh, Zaire Barnes, who uh, is a converted safety. So definitely, uh, you know, a speedy linebacker who can make plays in space. I guess the biggest question I have against Michigan 
is how those kind of smaller linebackers uh, will hold up against the run game. One of the other options at linebacker is A.J. Thomas, who's also a converted safety. Those guys probably run about uh, 225 pounds, maybe 6'2", 6'3". So definitely not the biggest guys. Middle linebacker Corvin Moment is pretty solid. I think he's about 6'2", like 250. So he's more of like a traditional uh, middle linebacker. And then the secondary, which has been the biggest problem, frankly, under uh, Lester's tenure. I mean, they teams have been able to throw uh, like crazy against them. Zach Wilson, uh, when they met him in the, I think it was the Potato Bowl a couple of years ago, he went like 18 for 18 through the air. BYU didn't throw a single incompletion that game. So yeah, the the cornerbacks are going to be a big question mark. Uh, one of the players is sitting out the season to focus on academics, uh, Patrick Lupro. Belleville kid who was real solid in his uh, two years as a starter. They moved uh, wide receiver Deshaun Bustle uh, out to corner to um, uh, help out there. But yeah, I mean, who knows how that's going to work out. Wasn't he one of their better receivers too? I, I think I read something. He was one of their better receivers. You rarely see a team move a, a player from a position that, that has a prominent role already on one side of the ball and move them to the other side. Yeah. In 2019, I think he had like uh 400 plus receiving yards, a few touchdowns, but yeah, they're, they're just really deep at receiver. His production kind of fell off last year as uh, Eskridge really, you know, took command of that position. And this year, I think they saw some, some younger guys maybe stepping up and figured he would better help the team uh, on defense as opposed to offense. Uh, but I mean, Lester says he's the fastest guy on the team. He was a big-time recruit coming out of high school, uh, had offers from Tennessee and Iowa, ended up coming to Western Michigan to play receiver. So, yeah, I mean, he has the physical talent, but it'll just kind of be a matter of him being able to pick up the defensive scheme and, you know, know his assignments to really help bolster that secondary. Patrick, if you would identify strength of defense, is it the line? Where, where is it? Yeah, for sure. It's definitely the uh, defensive line. Their front four is really solid with uh, Ali Fayed. At one defensive end spot, Marshawn Nealon or Andre Carter, they kind of rotate at that second defensive end spot. Uh, both are you know, top-level MAC players. And then on the interior, they have uh, Ralph Holley, really quick defensive tackle. I guess kind of like in, maybe in a Maurice Hurst mold where he's not the biggest guy, but he can just get off the ball and uh, you know really cause havoc up the middle. And then next to him, Braden Fisk, uh, multi, multi-year starter, just uh, you know, a, steady, a steady presence on the interior who can hold up uh, you know, to some double teams. And then they also brought in a transfer from Idaho State, Enoa Fuiava. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, but um, he's a six foot three, 300 pound guy, put up great numbers at uh, Idaho State. So, yeah, we'll see how he kind of fits in. He definitely has uh, some size that could help out on some, um, you know, third and short situations. But yeah, I would say that the defensive line, the ability to get, uh, get to the quarterback, hold up decently against the run, at least against MAC teams last year. You know, I, I think that's that's definitely going to be a strength. The secondary, like I mentioned, is a little bit of a question mark. And their linebackers are, you know, solid and athletic, but maybe just a little bit light uh, for this, you know, to really excel in this Michigan matchup. It sounds like Michigan's really going to try and emphasize the run game, especially here early in the year. They, they kind of got away from it last year. Offensive coordinator Josh Katz acknowledged that. So I'm really curious to see how they handle the defensive line. It's obviously, as you said, more experienced, talented bunch. But for Michigan's running backs, I, I'm really curious to see how they respond on Saturday. So, it, again, like, like the defense and the offense, it's, I think it's going to be a good test for Michigan's Michigan's running back core. Yeah, I, I want to ask you, what what do you think the excitement level right now is for, for the Western Michigan players? I mean, like, like you said, they only played MAC teams last year. They're heading into a 1,700-capacity uh, stadium at, at Michigan Stadium. What's the excitement level have you gathered from, from this team heading into the opener? 
Uh, yeah, they're incredibly uh, excited. Like you mentioned, you play a max schedule last year, pretty much no fans at any of the stadiums. And then uh, you go from that to playing in front of, you know, maybe 110,000 people. You know, if they pack the big house in week one, um, a lot of these guys are from Michigan or from the Midwest. Uh, they know about Michigan. You know, I'm sure they saw the type of season that uh, Michigan had last year, which, um, you know, frankly, wasn't great. You know, maybe they Lester said that, you know, you have to a team has to think that they can beat a team on any given day. You can't go into a game thinking that you don't have a chance. But I, I kind of think that, you know, maybe the players really do think that, uh, you know, they can they can play with this Michigan team, you know, based on last year's results. But I guess, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. Um, I, I definitely don't think there's going to be a lack of energy from Western. I think they're going to come out fired up from the kickoff. Patrick wouldn't do it, but I will. I'll plug his story. I mean, he's got a story on MLive.com right now that it, that addresses, you know, that that topic and more as sort of a season preview for for Western Michigan. Um, I mean, as, as you know, we're with me when we heard Jim Harbaugh talking up the Western Michigan defense. I mean, he's going to do this every week, you know, highlight the positives of, of other programs. But, you know, specifically, he talked about, uh, I think the, the phrase he used was, you know, they want a fast outcome in their favor. That's what Western Michigan wants is to put pressure on you and make, make it difficult to find where the advantageous matchup is for you on offense, you know, either get a sack or or just, you know, force a a mistake, a quick decision. Now, of course, as Aaron noted, if you're, if you're running the ball, that's, that's kind of less of a, of a factor. So, I mean, is that, that's kind of what you see Aaron or or Ryan is, it's just more kind of run until it's stopped and then, and then see how that can open up the pass game. I had to think so. I mean, I don't think Michigan's going to try and show a ton week one. You know, that's just not in Jim Harbaugh's. He doesn't like to do that. They like to gradually kind of roll things out as the season goes on. And they're still trying to get used to, you know, used to one another. We have to remember this is only going to be Cade McNamara's second ever start at quarterback. Uh, he hasn't played a full game yet. He hasn't gone through the whole rigors of a full season yet. So I think they're trying and slowly get things going. I mean, go back to last year, week one with with Joe Milton at Minnesota. Um, the offense is real limited. Uh, they didn't do a ton with him. They didn't like utilize him a ton or put him in a ton of playmaking situations. And and go back and look at that game too. Statistically, they ran the ball a lot. So I suspect it's going to be a similar story again Saturday. They're going to try and see what they can do with the running backs. We keep hearing about the running backs this offseason as a strength of this offense. So I have to think that that's going to be, you know, operate, that's going to be their MO at least early on and and dare Western Michigan to stop them. And, and if Western Michigan can or, or provide some pressure, then you start looking to the outside and you start taking some shots. But other than that, Michigan, I think, is going to try and run the ball and, and see how that, how that fares. Over under 17 and a half carries for Hassan Haskins against Weston. I'll go over. I think they're going to run him quite a bit. I know. I don't know. I, I think he, we, we heard in the off season how him and, and Blake are one A and one B. I still think Hassan's your your reliable guy that you you know he's 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 proven that he can do it. Blake has shown you know bursts in the things, but he's still young and he's still kind of unproven. So Hassan, I think he's going to be your bell cow guy early on, no, no matter what Michigan's coaches are, are saying at this point. We can get into some predictions if you're comfortable with that, Patrick. Here, I'll start by saying that Michigan, by by the numbers I've got here, at least are uh, is 24 and one all time against Mac schools. You know that one loss. Uh, many Michigan fans remember it came to Toledo during the Rich Rodriguez years. Most recent game against a Mac school was against Western Michigan early in the 2018 season. Uh, did not go well for the Broncos. It was 49 to three. That was, you know, Shea Patterson was a quarterback that year. Michigan was coming off the, the tough loss uh, on the road in prime time at Notre Dame, came back for the home opener and, and, and cruised. Yeah, I mean, it's a 17-point spread for this game. Michigan is favored. You know, we will have a, a story where we make our predictions, but we 
we can tease it with at least one person given their given their thoughts on on how this one might go on Saturday, Patrick, if you're willing to do so. Yeah, I think the 17 point spread, maybe just like a few points generous for Western Michigan. I see uh, U of M probably winning by three touchdowns, but I think that uh, Western Michigan is going to score some points. I see them probably getting at least, uh, I don't know, two or three touchdowns, um, maybe a field goal in there uh, if they can't punch it in the end zone one time. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them put together three scoring drives. And I guess, you know, kind of, I think some of it is going to depend on how much Jim Harbaugh wants to control the clock. If he just wants to rely on the ground game and, you know, kind of manage the clock, put together 10 play scoring drives or something like that, then I think that could, um, you know, maybe make it a little bit closer of a game, uh, make it a little bit more low scoring. But I think Western Michigan's offense has the ability to score in a hurry. And like you guys kind of mentioned, um, you know, Michigan showed some weakness with their past defense last year. So I think Western could, you know, put together some, uh, some drives, you know, move the ball through the air and, you know, kind of make this a game for maybe the first three quarters. But I think Michigan's uh, just kind of size and skill level will, you know, let them win comfortably um, in the second half. If you're like me, all you hear and see is advertisements for gambling websites, specifically lately, same game parlays. It sounds like uh, the advice here is uh, Michigan the over. And then I guess to listen to our Michigan guys here, I don't know, some sort of Hassan Haskins related prop uh, as your as your third leg there. All right. Well, well, unless you guys had something else for Patrick, and it seems like Ryan, maybe you do. Yeah. Well, one last thing, Patrick, I, I saw that Western Michigan was predicted third in the MAC West. Well, where do you think they, they'll they'll finish in the MAC this year? I mean, it seems like the West is always stronger than than the East most years. Yeah, um, I think the MAC West, uh, top to bottom, is uh, stronger. The MAC East, uh, you, they were a really good team last year. They had uh, Jared Patterson at Buffalo, uh, you know, dynamic running back, but. Um, I think this year the Mac West is going to be, you know, the the team that represents the conference, or yeah, represents the uh, the conference and the uh, champion, you know, hoisting that championship trophy. I mean, Ball State is the defending champ. They beat Buffalo in the championship game last year. They bring back, I think, ten starters on each side of the ball. They'll be really tough. I mean, Western Michigan lost them by a field goal last year. It was was uh, that for the Mac West title? It was. Yep. Yeah. So that effectively ended Western season. They didn't get to play in the MAC West uh, or the MAC championship game. And uh, because they didn't play in the conference championship game, they didn't go to a bowl game. That loss has left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths within the program. I think they're really eager to get that out. But I mean, Ball State um, is going to have something to say about that, too. Um, you know, they're they're a really good team, have a lot of talent uh, pretty much all over the field. But and also, I I think people are maybe discounting Central Michigan a little bit, too. Um, they, hey, fire up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're bringing in a quarterback who uh, was a five-star recruit uh, transfer from the University of Washington. He's got some really good weapons around him. Uh, Khalil Pimpleton, the speedy receiver uh, over at Central who burned Western Michigan last year in that game for a few touchdowns. I think Central, you know, could be kind of a surprise team. Toledo's always solid. Um, they're always going to be tough to beat. Western Michigan needed that um, last-second trick play with a fake spike uh, to pull out a comeback win last year. And even before that trick play, they need to recover a miraculous onside kick. So, yeah, I mean, anyone could really come out of this conference on top. I think Western Michigan is going to be right there. But, yeah, I, I think it'll come down to really four teams, uh, Ball State, the defending champs, uh, then Toledo, uh, Western, and Central Michigan. I mean, it, it should make for a really, really exciting year of uh, MAC football. 
Well, Patrick, thank you so much. You clearly know this program really well. You know, readers can find your work on MLive.com and in the Kalamazoo Gazette covering, you know, Western Michigan athletics, but also even even more so the high school teams in the in the Kalamazoo area. So yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. That concludes this episode of Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.